This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. As football fans, we often pride ourselves on knowing everything, from which substitution can turn the game around to the quickest route home to beat the crowds. However, when it comes to discussing feelings with our friends, we might not always feel as confident. That's why we're here to equip you with the right tools so you can reach out to those who can help. If your mates are struggling, let them know that the Samaritans are free to call on 116123. That's 116123. They are there to listen without judgment or pressure, 24-7, 365 days of the year. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. I've just got a quick favour to ask before we kick off, and that's to see if you would consider joining our brand new Patreon supporter programme. What the hell's that here, you ask? Right, well, Patreon is a platform which allows you to pledge a small monthly amount and in exchange you'll receive bonus content and services from us. So head on over to seasiderspodcast.co.uk forward slash support or just go to the website and you'll see a big orange button that says Patreon. So if you click on that, that'll take you through to the Patreon page where you can find out more details and hopefully sign up for the programme. And if you don't, you're one tight get. Wednesday the 12th February 2020 in today's show the pod praises the Lord at the news that Simon Grayson has thankfully been sacked from the managerial managerial hot seat at Bloomfield Road we also run the rule over the last two dire performances as gained Southend and Gillingham respectively and we go over the right mid position for the worst ever 11 I'm John Aspinall and this is the Seasiders Podcast episode 153 shut that door Greetings, Seasiders. Welcome back to the Seasiders podcast, uh, episode 153. Shut that door. A moment of brilliance, that title coming from Mr. Smith over there in light of the today's news. Yes, Larry, shut that door. <laughs> it was, uh, I, you know, have my moments. <laughs> Larry, get out of that door. <laughs> Kick him up the arse as he goes out. Tim. Yeah, it, it's, uh, <laughs> it's been a rather momentous day, hasn't it? It has. It's like sort of almost uh, getting rid of... Not on a, the same levels of getting rid of the Oysters kind of day, but it's kind of shock, shocked you when the news came through. 365 days since that happened today. It's, tomorrow's the day the receiver was appointed. Is it really? Last year, yeah. I'll get, I've, yeah. Got, I've got my birthday cake already. <laughs> we should have got some uh, champagne or something. Yeah. Or some Pat Carver, perhaps, Tim. In light of your own little trip to over mm. to Spain. Yeah, right. We'll just kick off the, today, today's show just before we get on to the... Um, Main event, as it were, just saying thanks to two new patrons, Andy Threlfall and Joe Gradwell. Thanks a lot, fellas, for donating your um, support to the pod. Seasiderspodcast.co.uk forward slash support if you want to find out more and get involved. Um, Tim, we've set up the new private chat system on the Discord we have. platform, and we have Tim a... got it working. I was I, really surprised. I got it working, but I still haven't worked out how to put my avatar on it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Have you not done it yet? I downloaded the app oh, have you? at work today. There's, there's GDPR considerations if um, I started using WhatsApp and storing people's phone numbers, apparently. So, uh, yeah. got my, you've got my phone number in there. <laughs> yeah, how, many, how many patrons are we up to We've now? got six now. Six? Yeah, six. So, Fleet, yeah. Fleetwood's, um, Fleetwood's average away support. <laughs> so, yeah, costs are covered. So, yeah, it's brilliant. So, thanks, thanks again to everyone who has... Joined up on there. Right, Simon Grayson has thankfully been shown the door. Nick, what was your first thoughts and how did you find this out? Uh, I need to turn my phone down because I was in a management meeting and it went absolutely <laughs> mental. Yours was the first one saying uh, we have to pod tonight and I was thinking, 
we said we're doing yeah. it tomorrow, and, yeah, then just, it, and then the penny <laughs> drops. A bit of a backstory, we're going to do this tomorrow. We're all a bit jaded after yesterday, weren't mm, we? Yeah. But um, Tim was right, and we're, we've called an EGP. Because <laughs> <laughs> we're only general pod. <laughs> there was an EGP on the news last time, wasn't there, when the Oysters were being ousted? And yeah, I mean, I was... New, news event. Got home from the game, and uh, I thought something might have happened last night. Obviously, Simon Saddle was there. Um, and, you know, you're checking social media, there's loads of people saying, come on, come on, I need to go to bed. And... Um, yeah, and then when it hadn't happened by kind of lunchtime, I thought, are they, you know, going to stick? Is he going to stick with him? And then, obviously, like I say, my phone started lighting up, and uh, yeah, they've they've made the decision, and I think it, you know, overall it was the right one. It just we didn't, he didn't seem to be able to turn the performances around, did he? Although, it was slightly improved last night for an hour, but um, yeah, I think it's the right decision. So, Tim, where were you when you found out? And what was your emotions when you find out sat at my desk i was actually um at work i was quite surprised i i half thought that um simon might give him until see how he went how things went at bristol particularly after we had a, a half reasonable result against south end um against the bums the bum side well, of the division people seem to forget this and scrape to win t- to be fair I, i've said that a couple of times today because being the media whore that i am i've had a a few calls and and it is a valid point because it was put to me, you know, we're not being a bit fickle, we're not, it's not a knee-jerk reaction. But at the end of the day, the South End result, whilst it was encouraging, um, it's got to be put into context of they are the effectively the whipping boys of the league because they would be bottom, but for the but for Bolton's deduction, and um, and and I think we saw again last night our limitations. And um, to me, it's not the players; it's it's the formation, it's the way we play when we go one nil up. We seem to go more defensive um we seem to start turning inwards rather than expressing ourselves and matt scrafton in his article he it was a very good quote that he said uh grayson's team's something like pl- playing with the handbrake on yeah i, I remember reading that I remember thinking that's spot on it is isn't it you just like there's there's more to this team than that playing with a handbrake on a great analogy yeah no that, that he does he does it sums it up doesn't it that they're not the playing well within the limitations and um I think James Husband's role on the left perfectly illustrates that comment. That game at Bolton really sticks in my mind when he when Husband got to the left wing and almost got told to stop by the bench to not yeah. bomb forward. It's um it's not it's not good it's just not good to watch. You don't leave the ground with a buzz really, do you? And uh I think we're all clutching at straws a bit with South End to you a do, degree. You do if you've had five pints. <laughs> <laughs> But uh, I'm. Uh, I don't think there's there's going to be many people um, too, disappointed. Uh, too disappointed about this, are they? At the end of the day, because um, it it's it, it's it's crushed the feel good factor, and I think if we're going to get it back, we need we you know we needed to to start fresh and with mm. a clean slate. I mean, a lot of people have been saying, you know, give him to the end of the season with these players and just get rid of him now, like. Fortunately, like Simon Sadler has, has done, it's clearly not working. Um, the, the team's bereft of ideas, confidence, and it's the, the, the correct decision for me, no doubt about it. I think with Simon being there last night and then the crowd very much turning, they were a bit fickle in some respects because in one minute I, we heard in the north, Simon and Grayson's Tangerine Army. We are the pool and we're going up and then next it's wet. We're fucking shit. <laughs> Which was, yeah. uh, that was a bit cringeworthy. Uh, yeah. Um, but uh, I think the fact that he was there and heard it, uh, it's very difficult, I think, for the manager to to keep, to bring things back after that yeah. because... Dead man walking. He was and uh, it started at Lincoln, really. There was, there was some discontent at Lincoln and I think... You know, we go back to his appointment and his links to Preston and all that, all that, and I don't, I don't think all that helps because I don't think he's, he's necessarily given much, um, uh, much leeway by Blackpool fans. And um, that really over the top celebration when they beat us in that League Cup, yeah, well, tie, they kissed the badge, didn't they? Yeah, that really grated on me. Mm. I mean, I wasn't going to bring that up at the time, but I thought, well, what a dick, you know? Mm. All right, just celebrate, celebrate your win, but. Doing what he did was ridiculously over the top, and it was disrespectful. Especially almost. when what he achieved with us, yeah. you know, and we're the club that gave him his start in football. Mm. I think when you see a lot of players when they go back to their old clubs and they score, they, they tend to have a rather unless they've left left on bad terms. Yeah, just show a bit of respect. Yeah, and uh, yeah, I think I think that he was always coming up against things like that, and there was always a large 
section of the fan base who didn't want him here anyway, whether he, whether he was good or bad. So as soon as things don't, you know, turn, which they did at the beginning of December, um, it doesn't take, I think we've actually been reasonably patient, but I don't think it takes too long for people to say enough's enough. And mm. in, um, in Matt's article, Matt Scrafton's article, he said, you know, playing that style of football, you know, grinding and avoiding defeat and just grinding out wins is fine if the results are there. But the results haven't been there either. What was it, like seven? He's won very few games this season. Seven or something. If you, t- if you take out that first three, we keep which, saying which this. Which was scabby. Uh, if you take out those first three, the, the actual results since then are appallingly yeah. bad. It's relegation form yeah. um, all the way. Uh, even even putting aside the fact we had the odd decent game against... We said last podcast, didn't we? How many, how many good games can we actually count? And we were starting to struggle after two or three, weren't yeah. we? None away. We came up with none of when we've come away buzzing, you know, all these Lancashire derbies, well, Greater Manchester Lancashire derbies, and no decent performances. And anyway, the, let's just move on to what the uh, the official. Now, I took this from the BBC Sport website, and it said um, an official statement from Blackpool: the club would like to thank Sam for his efforts during his time back at Bloomfield Road, and wish his well, wish him well for the future. A further announcement will follow in due course. Um, this is the BBC website. They said. When Grayson was reappointed by Blackpool for a second spell, spell of manager, Simon Sadler talked of his track record and previous success for the pers- first part of his mission to guide Blackpool back to promotion. Following a 1-1 draw with Sunderland on the 14th of December, the Seasiders had 33 points with eight wins and just three league defeats. However, they accrued of just four points from a possible 27 since then and a lack of goals from other players uh, to complement Armand Nangele, who has 18, have contributed to their decline now 13 points outside the top six, which are 15, game remain, 15 games remaining. Four points from 27. So there's an easy decision for Sadler, I think, Nick. Yeah, and it's not like you could say in any of those games, oh, we, we've been really, really unlucky there, and you could see a, a certain style of play. You know, it was just, you know, we've, we've covered this in previous episodes, but it was all over the place with the positional down the left-hand side. And um, once we, you, you can see goals come in, you could see... Yesterday Jill, you could Jill see goals coming. Jim, Jim said to me, he said, there's, a, there's an equaliser coming here. And you just know I said, it's I said exactly the same. You just knew it was coming. And then you as soon as it does, it's like heads down, nobody takes responsibility and, you know, they start panicking. So, yeah. No, and what no, we no, also no, heard no. is when you listen to the post-match comments, it was back to the point that we've made in previous pods that there, there seems to be a bit of a them and us attitude between mm. Simon and the players in that, he seems to attribute blame on them and doesn't accept any responsibility yeah. himself. Um, he, he just he looked a beating man last night. So he stood on the side because obviously it's right in front of where we are. And you've got Steve Evans there with, I think his assistant might be Ronnie Jepson. Um, okay. And they're both at it for 90 minutes. You know, whether that's in the lines, but the fourth official, the linesman, ref, player, come here, do this. You know, barking instructions. And Grayson just sort of stood there. Well, funny you, you, know. should, funny you should say that, Nick. The only time I said, I said this to Rob, I said, the only time when we, when I saw Grayson up and trying to rally his troops was when we conceded goals. Mm. It's like, it's like you're saying he's a broken man. And it's Mm. like, why is he not doing that throughout the game? Yeah. So I think all in all, it's, uh, it's for the best. Right. We're going to take the, a couple of calls now from two, two or three Blackpool supporters. We've got them on the line now. So firstly, we're going to speak to Ash. Is it Tim? Are we calling Ash? Are we? Joe. Um, Tim's on the phone lines. Whoever you want me to go for, no, go, go for, I'll go me. for Ash, shall I? Yeah. Um, <laughs> He's not pissed, so it should be a reasonable <laughs> conversation. <laughs> He's not in Tory Corner. Hello, Ashley. Hello. Hi, Tim. How are you doing? Okay. Yeah, we've we've got rid of the gremlins in the system, so... Um, the gremlins have been on the Stella. Yeah. No problem. I don't mind a few gremlins. <laughs> Bluetooth connection issues. Right, we've uh, thanks for joining us, Ash. I think uh, I'll hand over to John, and uh, we've just been talking about the uh, today's news. So, yeah, what's, sure. so Ash, John? yeah, hi, Ash. So, what was your initial thoughts when you heard, when the news came through? Where were you? What did you think? And uh, are you pleased with the with the decision? Well, I did actually put a post um, first thing this morning on AVSTT, and I've been somebody that sort of thought, well, we ought to give Grayson a chance for the, the 28th of the uh, of the month to. Uh, to, to just sort of work with the players that, that Simon Sadler's kindly invested in. But to be honest, what I saw last night in the in the team's performance and the way that the body chemistry of the team after 70 minutes 
Um, I, I didn't really see anything really that, that, that we could possibly keep Simon at the club. And my conclusion is, is, is that it's very, very similar for me, a bit like um, Mourinho and Man United. Man United are a great, massive club. And they're not my cup of tea, but they're, they're a big club. Mourinho was a fantastic manager that's done fantastic things, but Mourinho and United weren't working. And nothing was working at United. The, 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 the team wasn't working for the fans, it wasn't working for Mourinho, it wasn't working for the club. Or, um, and for me, I think the Simon Grayson, Simon Sadler, the players there and the fans' combination, it just isn't going to work and I don't think it ever could work. And I, and I do think that 14 points out of the relegation zone, 15 points off the playoffs, the right decisions being made in the end, be it sort of forward of what I initially sort of thought. I think the, um, the, the, the gut reaction I had last night was that's our... Because after Saturday, I was thinking, you know, we get another win today and then we go to Bristol Rovers and get a win and we might be able to salvage the season and get get the thing rolling again. But that, that result for me just finishes the season and um, I think I share your view, Ash, that, that whatever whatever was wrong was seemingly never going to be fixed because, you know, even when even when you look, won that bit of luck, it's not happening. You know, Medine managed to miss an absolute mm-hmm. um, sitter which would have probably secured the win for, for Grayson. But at the end of the day, everybody's body language seems to be wrong. Yeah, I'd, I'd agree I with think, that. I, Sorry, go on, Ash. I, I think if it had happened, uh, John and Tim, I think it had just been kicking it into the long grass for a while. Um, but the big sort of defining moment, and we all have defining moments when we change a decision, um, was the way we started the first 10 minutes of the second half when we were running the game, we looked at ease, the players looked at ease with each other, they knew where each other were, they played some nice passing football, but they looked like headless chickens once, once the equaliser came and once they got the second goal. And Nangelay's goal really was a little bit of exceptional, sort of ex- good skill from Nangelay, but it also came out of the blue a little bit. And, you know... They panicked. They panicked coming forward. They did. You can't. You can't panic in the professional game. And you know, the Grayson's teams of old that have gone up have always been a set format that doesn't panic and grinds out. And the one thing that Grayson's renowned for is sewing up the back first. Well, goodness gracious, you know. I mean, I don't want to knock Hennigan and, and, and the new lad at the, at the side of him, but who was brilliant on on Saturday on, on Saturday for the, the half that I saw. But the um, Hennigan went to absolute bits, and yeah. I, I, I don't rate Turton, but that's my personal opinion. And who knows, Turton might be good under a, under a new manager. I'm not, I'm not going to slate and destroy a, a Blackpool player's um, future at the club by, 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 by slagging him off, but he certainly seemed a very weak link both on Saturday and, and, um, and, 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 last, and last night, it's not a bit of a liability. So I don't, think, I don't really think that Simon Saddle has any choice. I think he's been positive. Um, and especially, you know, what with, with tonight being the eve of one of the perhaps the momentous stay in Blackpool Football Club's history, and that we got the court uh, receiver appointed a year ago tomorrow, and um, and that's signal getting our beloved club back and Simon to come in. Yeah, Ash, it's Nick. Um, I'd agree with all Hi, of that. Hi, mate. I, I'd said the same thing as soon as the equaliser came last night. They just started to panic, and they looked like they'd never played together before. Mm. And you you can't go through a game knowing that as soon as you concede a goal. That's it, um, and and up until last night, I was probably of the opinion that we we'll we'll give him to the end of the season. But same as you, came out of there just thinking there's there's just no point. We've we've got past that tipping point now, where he's going to be able to pull anything back, and it's you're almost just building for next season now. Whoever whoever ends up coming in, and you know the sooner the better, really, because there's a good squad of players there without a doubt. Oh well, I think I think the the, tra- the the January transfer window has been good for Blackpool. I think we've, if you look at uh, Bar, um, uh, the, the the lad from uh, from Warrington who who we've taken a bit of a chance on Garrity, which you don't mind, which you don't mind. It's it's a bit of a punt, but I think it, man for man, if you look at the ones going out and the ones coming in, we'd all be we're all reasonably happy with it. When the man reasonably happy, we were very happy with mm. with the. January transfer window, but which is a unique feeling for a Blackpool supporter. Yes, but but, you, but, so. but you, you've all equally got. I think you've got, you want a manager who's going to inspire them, and you know we've heard some of these post-match interviews, and um, and Ashley was with me in Spain when we were joking about his um, his repetition of, of second ball, of very, ball. Of, of very cliched expressions in in his interview after Wickham, and um, you know if the players are listening to that every day, then. 
they're not going to be inspired. They're not going to. I watched a, I watched a documentary last night, um, Team of the Eighties on um, Crystal Palace, and it showed a young Terry Venables coaching the team. And it was so inspirational to see the way he was approaching the sessions and how enthusiastic it was. And I, I do wonder how enthusiastic Simon was in those similar situations. And that's what you want. You want somebody who's going to, the players are going to buzz off and feed off. And, and, and like when Holloway came yeah. here, where it make them feel 10 feet tall. And yeah. um, I don't think we're getting that at the moment. And, that, and that's why I think it's the right decision. On, on that note, um, there has just been a post put up by the football club that says Blackpool Football Club can announce that David Dunn has been placed in caretaker charge of the first team. The Seasiders first team coach steps up to the role following the departure of Simon Grayson. The club can also confirm that assistant manager Ian Miller has now left his position. Uh, ben Mansford said, I'd like to thank Simon and Ian Miller for all their hard work since, the, since I joined the club. Simon is a proper football man and someone I enjoyed working alongside. Unfortunately, despite Simon's best efforts, the results did not come over recent times. I wish Simon and Ian all the very best for the future. Um, yeah, so Gon and David Dunn's in charge um, while they find a new manager. So, Ash, finally, what's your thoughts and opinions and desires for the new managerial position? Well... David Dunn's an unknown quantity and he's worked at the club and knows the ropes so there's a little bit of at least stability in, in, in what they've done and I just wonder to what level um, I think you know did Simon Sadler have any involvement in, in bringing David Dunn in I know it's sort of put under the umbrella of Grace and having worked together before but I do wonder and I wonder whether you know there may have been an input there by um by, by, by the board well, His introduction um, seems I, to um, just sorry to interrupt his Dunn's yeah. introduction to the the setup seemed to coincide with this terrible run we went on. So it's like, I'd, I'd have liked <laughs> to have seen him gone. I certainly wouldn't want to see him in charge, that's for sure. Anyway, Ash, back to your back to your uh, well, managerial well, pick. I think, well, I think, I think we, um, we did see a post, and I did agree with it. My, my first instinct is, if you want something that's going to give you stability for the rest of the season, but it can't be a long-term fixture because of his age and his, his desire for a long-term fixture, is what everybody's saying in Neil Warnock. I think he's a character. He'll come in, he'll stick to the job, and he'll be a strong man, and he'll be strong. He'll give some guidance to some quality players and hope he stay at the club. But someone did mention trying to get Thompson in to basically work with the players all the time and potentially hand, hand the reins over to him in, in the summer. Um, it's, it's a combination I find interesting and be excited about, and it's got the, the you know the, the proven bit and the young and the young manager coming in and the old guard. Um, well, there's plenty of good managers around out there. I mean, you know, Gary Boyer came back. I'm, I'm not going to be screaming and shouting. I'm prepared to give any any new manager a chance. And what has this? What has happened in this whole episode with Simon Grayson um, and indeed Terry Matt Phillips is Simon Sadler will keep working at it till he get it gets things right. And then being in business myself and seeing a lot of things go wrong and get, then get corrected, and eventually you do get them right if you stick with it. And it that determination by Simon Sadler that gives me an awful lot of hope. These are great days for Blackpool Football Club, despite the bad results we've had. And you know, there, there has been some, I believe, some little bit of toys out of prams with an almost like spoiled brat attitude with the Blackpool fans. Some Blackpool fans, sorry, only very few Blackpool fans. Not not suggesting the majority. I'll better pre-qualify that, especially with me saying it. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Um, but, but you know, I think you know, just whoever comes in, um, let, let's be patient. You know, we wanted a bit of a revolution. Simon's Sadler's done the right thing, I think. Um, I think all Blackpool fans are behind the decision now. Although some of us said the end of the season, some like me said to the end of the end of February. I think what we saw last night, and I think the decisions that's been made, fourteen points clear of relegation. Hopefully, it's a good appointment. I don't think Simon Sadler will deliberately make a bad one. And here's hoping, lads. Eh? Yep. Right. Thank, well said, Ash. Well said, Ash. Thanks a lot for, okay. your, call. Thanks a lot for your call, Ash. We'll bye, see, see you later, mate. Bye. Take care, Cheers, bye, mate. Now, bye. Bye. Hello? Evening, Joe. It's Tim here. We're from the Seasiders podcast. Hello. We have some familiar with your work. <laughs> should have said, Tim who? Have you, uh, have you got the bunting out? Yeah, yeah. I mean, if I, if I drank, I'd be on the champagne, definitely. So, um... Ash was obviously a more mad- moderate uh, opponent of Simon Grace, and I think, uh, Joe, it's fair to say that 
you're on the opposite side of the uh, spectrum, the farther end of the spectrum, rather. Um, I'll, just, para- I'll just paraphrase your comment, your fans', fans uh, comment on the Gillingham game last night. Uh, Joe said, if Grayson isn't sacked by the time this show airs, I'll be fuming. <laughs> Utterly embarrassing. For all the SHIT Nangela gets, some of our fans, he's like, oh, he can hold up the ball and head up, his head up high. Turton is embarrassing. He can piss off back to the job centre with Baldy Locks as well. The season's over. If Simon Sudler really does knock, if, if Simon Sudler really does knock, I think you put no. If Simon Sudler really does know what we're after and you've put caps here, sack Grayson now. Your dreams have come true, Joe. There you go. He, he does know what we're after. He's out the door. Fantastic. Just say as it is, Joe. Don't don't hold <laughs> back, will you? So I will be. I'll be forever grateful what Simon Grayson originally did for our club. I thought going to him was a mistake in the first place. Uh, I think history teaches you with football never go back to past managers, and uh, unfortunately, it was proven right. Mm. So where were you, Joe? What were you doing when you found out? Were you? Gives your emotions. Uh, I just come back from the cinema, as it goes. Uh, I was in the car, ready to come home. Was it the Rotherham uh, cinema? No, 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 Sheffield. <laughs> we don't have a cinema, yeah, remember? Not, is it not <laughs> opened yet? No, no. Scheduled 2021. <laughs> we'll be getting electric soon as well. Um, listeners don't no, know what we're on about. I, uh, I advise you to... Listened back to a few episodes in the past where uh, we discovered Rotherham didn't have we a, did. uh, a cinema. And there was a big billboard up advertising this, but I digress, Joe. Anyway, continue. Yeah, it was funny. Uh, I actually uh, posted on Twitter before I went in the cinema uh, to Blackpool FC's Twitter account. Uh, I'm going to the cinema now. I quite like Grayson to be sat by the time I came out, and lo and behold, they listened. Great customer service. <laughs> That's fantastic. So you're giving, you're going, you're going on a, a um, what do you call it, trust pilot, and giving them five out of five, are you? Oh yeah, fantastic. Oh, talk about a responsive football club. Ask for more, can you? Again, it's a mirror, mirror opposite to it's the little uh, detail, is isn't it, that, that makes the difference? <laughs> the little touches. Hey, blind job. You obviously, uh, you you punch some weight at the club, don't you? Have you got? I think I scared the wife when I uh, when I saw the. Uh, the tweet that we sent out, the, the club statement, I just shouted, get in, dead <laughs> Everyone was play, praying for infamous club statement. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Pressing refresh on your keyboard. The, the club statements were wildly different under the Oysters, weren't they? Some, there's some real oh. bizarre stuff posted on there. So, Joe, who do you want as the next manager? And um, what do you think of the David Dunn appointment as uh, caretaker boss? Uh, in an ideal world, Pep Guardiola, but <laughs> being slightly more realistic, uh, somebody along the lines of Nathan Jones, uh, yeah, Ian Everett, somebody, somebody like that, think sentimental Ian Everett, um, taking the Blackpool connections out, somebody like Nathan Jones. I mean, Nick and I were pontificating over this pre, pre-pod, weren't mm. we? And you've just mirrored what Joe's just said there about Evo. Yeah, that, if you if you step away from the you know take the tangerine tinted specs off for a second, and I get it because he's a Blackpool legend and part of the most successful team in our lifetime, um, and I'd have him in a shot. But there is the consideration that he it's he, only half a season into it, um, and if you looked at I don't know the team in second place in the conference and said if you had a similar record there, manager, would you want him? You'd probably be scratching your head going. This I can't guy, remember but... actually when he, when he actually took over at Barrow because he was I don't think he just joined them because I <clears throat> actually went to represent the club at the preseason game there and I was really blown away actually by how good Barrow were and how well he got them playing football but I think he was I'm sure he was there at least part of the season before as man was he caretaker at, at... He, he may have been but he, he actually plays a very Holloway style of football mm, he actually football. said that he actually said yeah. that in his interview yeah and and well you can see it on the pitch you don't have to him you don't even need him to tell you you just you watch what he does with the full backs and the uh, center backs doing the diagonals and then playing off the second ball mm. a lot of the ball to feet uh, it's very very good football to yeah. watch I, like i said I'd, I'd, i think it 
People talked about him with maybe Tomo or something. I think that would be a, a great combination. Um, so, Joe, if you could actually pick, who would you pick? Ooh, it's, it's, it's a tough one. But um, I'd probably go with Nathan Jones purely for the fact that he's already done it at this level with a club of similar size to us. He plays really Luton, good football, apparently, as well. Yeah, I mean, looking at Luton, they get crowds similar to what we do. And the, the nine ten thousand mark, he got them out of the of League One, playing decent football. Um, yeah, I'd, I'd probably go with somebody like Nathan Jones. Right, cool. Certain, certainly not David Dunn. Yeah, I think yeah, we're in agreement with that. I think I suspect that's just for Saturday. Um, yeah, I think it's just until they get speaking to somebody and get get the next person is. Yeah, even if somebody comes in, they may want to sit and watch that first game. And, and get a flavour for the way things are. It's not like we, not like we're craving points to avoid relegation or, or to get back in the promotion pack, is it? No. So, Joe, did you watch the Gillingham game last night? Yes, I did. Uh, on iFollow, I thought first half we were uh, the better team. Thought we played okay football, not amazing, but certainly better than the uh, likes of, of Wickham away. I thought that we should have gone in two or three up. Uh, still don't know how Gary Medine missed from virtually on the goal line, but uh, there you go. Two citizens, two citizens missed now. Two he minutes. almost, he was almost ahead of the ball, wasn't he? I, I was expecting it to be offside, but um, it, you, you're looking out thinking it's it's harder to do what he did than, <laughs> yeah. the, you know, if it had been on the on the at the other end, you'd be like, what a clearance. Um, yeah, bizarre. I mean, it wasn't as clear cut from where we were, Tim. No, but you still thought Howes he missed yeah. that because he was he was you could see he was at the back post and he appeared to have which he did have. Was it an open goal? It was an open goal, but he he, he basically because the ball had come across. I can't remember was it Ronan who who, who half followed it across, in, didn't it? Yeah, and it came across. It came across, and then Medine's basically played it right back the way it's come into the goalkeeper's hands, and the goalkeeper's on the near post, and he's on the back post, and he's gone right the way past the goal and passed it back, and when he wanted to do. He could have used his chest, he could have used his knee, mm. anything would have bundled it over the line. I don't think he could do it again if he tried. No. As, as for the Nangelay goal, what a strike. I was saying to you, you were kind of talking at the time, so you weren't concentrating, mm. but yeah, great goal. He, he had a lot I've to do. I've back since, and it, was, yeah. it is really good. Yeah, it's really tight angle, and it's the only way he could have placed that ball, you know, right in hard and low into that far corner, and he's put it on a on an arrow right into that corner, Nick, and did it look good from your vantage point? It did, point? yeah, and, it, you know, it was it was good footwork as well because he's, you know, a little bit ungainly with the, the ball at his feet, um, but kind of got between the two players, and like you say, I, just, I wasn't expecting it, to be honest. He's, he's a bit like Peter Crouch, in a way, mm. uh, Angela. He's got a very, like you say, gangly, but he's he's very good with the ball as well, which is, he's, this has come on, come on this season, I think, into his game. Yeah, and he, you know, he, he does get a lot of stick for maybe not putting himself about, but you look how much he was getting fouled last night by yeah. them, um, you know, and he was winning flick-ons, and I thought he had a, you know, a decent enough game. Can't argue, um, to be honest, he's got 18 goals in the early part of February, and if he stays injury-free and stays in the team, he's on, on a statistical basis, he's going to be heading towards 30, which mm. is like pretty much unheard. Picture the scene. All of your mates around, you've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Partner this with your team playing champagne football. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. There's nothing quite like a McDelivery. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with three for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. Beyond the pitch, beyond the results, we're here to connect fans, getting them to embrace the highs and lows of supporting your club because we're not just fans, we're a team. With two in three football fans having struggled with their mental health, we understand that life off the pitch can present its own challenges. That's why we're committed to ensuring you have the tools to stay connected with your friends and fellow supporters. Take a moment to connect with your mates. A simple text or an open conversation can make a world of difference. And if they don't respond right away, don't hesitate to follow up. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Since, well, I think it is, un- is unheard of since Bamba's day. And from a guy who's not been prolific, really, at all in his career, has he? I don't know what his highest... He kind of... I think it's about 13, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, just, just into double figures. So you've got to say fair play to the guy, but... You know he might be he might be off in the summer. 
Yeah, so we played pretty well first half, reasonably well, I'd say, even though we did look shaky at the back on uh, several occasions. Yeah, I mean, they had spells with the ball without doing a great deal with it. It was kind of that final ball into the box. They, you they had could a couple see of chances, was, though. They had a couple, a couple they just, oh, just that, put wide of the post, didn't they? There was that volley as well where the, he sort of hit it over the far co- over the bar and into the corner, over the corner of the bar, rather. So there was a lot of nervous moments in the first half where just balls go into the box and it's not been dealt with. So, again, not the best, but as, as the second half, can anyone remember anything that happened in the second half up until their goal? It's quite a... We had um, um, Jewsby Hall had a, a shot, didn't he, that mm. just went slightly uh, wide. I think it actually hit another of our players and just yeah, took it, it slightly, exactly. it took a slightly away from the goal, which I think was about the highlight of our second half performance. Mm. And to be fair, the, I thought the fans, even though numbers were down because of the poor weather, I thought the fans were getting behind the team yeah, and, and encouraging them. And uh, but you can just like we we're saying before, you you can tell the equalisers come in. You know, they were causing problems there. Number seven, was it? He was a decent player. We struggled to get the ball off him. Um, and it reminded me a bit of the, was it the second wicking goal? Just straight through the middle. It's a quality ball through to the striker. Yeah. And uh, centre-halves, either, you know, he's got in between them and flicked it. It was, bowl, it was Bowler was in there. If I remember rightly, Bowler was in there. And I think he seemed to stumble a bit. Was it? Yeah, and, and then and then and then the player goes across. It goes across the front of Hennigan and cuts yeah. off Hennigan, and create, and I th- actually thought that Maxwell was going to save it first of mm. all because he did get his hands to it. Yeah, and, I'm just watching it now. Yeah. Um, but I think it was. I'm sure bowlers are actually marking the striker, and then the player comes to the left, and and Hennigan's not marking anybody. But then Hennigan's always behind him, and he either yeah. trips him up and gives a pen away, uh, <clears throat> or or gets sent off if it's out outside the area. And the, the, the striker did well, I thought. I don't know what you thought, Joe, but um, I thought he, he positioned himself really well. Um, but the ball through was ex- exquisite. I thought it's poor defending. It's just a simple ball over the top. Both defenders caught ball watching. Like you say, credit to the striker for getting in between them, but it was just poor Group 1 football that we didn't deal with. It was Particularly very with, indicative think- of football under Grayson, really. It was just... I mean, the keeper got a good hand to it. He got to got down well, got two hands on it, and he really should have saved it. I thought. Um, just watching back the replay now, and here comes the second one. Ball into the box. Hennigan. Hennigan had it. It was a, just it was a goal. Uh, the keeper it was a shocking header from Hennigan, uh, and I think, I think then Turton seems to lose his man, and as the ball a, comes down, he just, just buries it, doesn't he? Long ball from the keeper, wasn't it? Hennigan heads it straight at the guy. He'd, he'd not been on long, had he, I don't think. 11. Um, now the dreads. Yeah, and it's it's 2-1. And I thought I thought Hennigan had a, a poor game last night. Yeah. Um, I think he's been a bit... Did, did he sign... Has he signed to the end of the season? Or? Yeah, he's, he's yeah. Uh, just extended his loan to yeah, the end of the season. I think since then, he, he seems to have been a, a little bit wobbly. Um, and Taylor Moore, as good as he was against South End um, in the second half last night, he You weren't missing it from yeah. him. Of course, they've hit the. I'm just looking at the highlights now. They've hit the bar as well. Yeah. And if you, if you look at the way our defence is, we're like scrambling around trying to get somewhere near it, and we look, we look, we look like comedy defensive Keystone unit. Stone cops. Yeah. It's the back four as a unit yesterday were awful. Great Grayson's, mm. you know, built on the, this reputation as a, a guy that grinds results out, and like Nick said before, organises teams. Well, this defensive organisation has been comical this season. It's uh, just indicative of how bad teams are now under Grayson. Mm. So yeah, we've uh, we've escaped when they've hit the the bar from a corner. So that would have been dead and buried. I think there would have been a, an eruption of anti Grayson shouts had that had it gone to three one. Mm. And then I decided to guarantee <laughs> us an equaliser by leaving. Said to Jim, "Come on, there's only one way we're getting back in this." Just been let out of the uh, the West by the steward. Door closed behind us. Massive cheer. Jim was going mad. He said, I'm fucking sick of this. We've missed about 18 goals this season. Um, as, yeah. for, as for the goal, um, just looking at it back now, and I've remembered, it was a, a nice little bit of, I think Delfonso started the goal. and uh, He made a big difference when he came on, Delfonso. I yeah. think um, Nadine, uh, keep going, Nadine and Nangeli, they're too similar for me. Yeah. Um, Delfonso had some There's nice, no pace. Yeah, no. there's no pace, there's no running, there's no creativity. 
you know, they're too similar. And Delfonso coming on made a big difference. And and on, on against Southend as well. You know, yeah. as soon as he came on, it's like we've just gone up a gear. We're a bit more fluid. There's a bit more pace to the game. Um, like you say, they just cancel each other out, out a bit, um, Nangelay and uh, Gary Medine. The goal itself, uh, a great ball in from that man again, Liam Feeney. But this was his, with his left foot uh, just yeah, a float inside, across. I remember saying to Rob, like, that was his left foot as well. And, you know, he's equally good. I mean, Liam Feeney, again, I thought he had a great game. You know, he's, he's such a good, he's a good player to watch, isn't he? You know, really quick feet and beats players, even though the, he's well marked. So I think... Yeah, uh, he seems to be, he had a little bit of a, a sticky patch, but he seems to have come out of that now. And it's like concerned that ball came across was, was Fonz offside, but... We all thought it was offside, didn't we? I think he, uh, I think he, he was running in from, but you couldn't see on the, on the, on the replays that they've shown, it focuses on Feeney and then by the time it's cut to uh, Fonz, he's already in the six yard box. I, I obviously, I've only seen it on, um, on the TV and Fonz does glance, as soon as he goes in, he looks straight at the linesman. Yeah. So he must have been thinking, it's borderline. So we thought we'd got away with it. And Larry was probably thinking, God, oh, that saved my job. But luckily, Gillingham scored a winner. <laughs> Me leaving we got him sacked. <laughs> we'd, had a corner, we'd had a corner afterwards, hadn't we? And, and it looked like we were going to suck the ball into the net. I don't know where quite where the ref got all this injury time from because I think it was said that we played six and a half minutes I don't know what went up four, on the ball, wasn't it? Was there a couple of subs at the end? Um, I mean, they do say it a minimum of, but they normally just play to, yeah, to they, what they've said, don't they? They don't normally go over. But and we had a corner, and then all of a sudden we found it. So I found ourselves down the other end of the field, and I think there was. I know. I know when the, their player had had his shot, and the ref pointed for a corner. Even at our end, I thought corner. It looked like he just kicked it out, but I think those in the south. You can't comment, of course, Nick, because you were halfway <laughs> down uh, down the road to, uh, to, to, to 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 Thornton. Um, a lot of the South, I know Phil Colbert commented on um, uh, on the forums this morning, and I know he sits in the South that it was no way was it a corner. Mm. But who cares? Well, Go. no, we don't. Um, and then the the ball comes in, and and the the, the striker. I don't even know what it was a striker. I don't know what position the guy played. He seemed to be completely unmarked and just headed it straight in the back of the mm. net. Poor defend him. Bowler was marking him. I've just looked back on the highlights. It was a poor marking, and he he, he kind of just jumped with him, but didn't get anywhere. And yeah, that was that was that. But when that goal went in, that's when the floodgates opened for the anti Grayson chanting in the ground. Full eruption from where we were. It was. It was. Uh, it was, and it seemed it seemed to be universal. It was just, it was just bu- bubbling, wasn't it, throughout the game? Yeah, we'd had some. I said we'd had. We spoke about it before, didn't we? That slightly cringeworthy. Uh, we're effing shit, which I don't. I don't like. I mean, at the time, we were still in the game, and um, you, I don't like having a go at your players in that way. But it's, it's, it was a cacophony of, uh, of of abuse headed towards Grayson, wasn't it? Tim, Timism in there, <laughs> a cacophony. So Simon Sadler was obviously at the game as well, and he must have. Um, liked what he heard and he's made a decision and I just I listened to Chizzy on Radio Lanks not directly after the game but today and he said it was he said he wasn't surprised when he heard the news that Grayson had been sacked because there was a, a very telling telling interaction that um, Chisnell noticed and that was that Simon Sadler or Ben Mansford they always go to the manager's office after the game just to have mm-hmm. a word and find out how the game went and just chat, chat I suppose and he said this was the first time he's never seen either of them go to the manager's office and have a word. So I think they'd made that decision there and then, if not beforehand. I think they, they must have been thinking about it beforehand. I mean, listen, you can't look at the record that we've had. Forget, they would have been thinking about it before South End. It's inevitable, isn't it? You know, what we're going to do if things don't improve. And um, I think South End, you know, you start thinking, are you going to, you know, is it, has he turned the corner? But I think we ended up back back to square one last night, mm, didn't we? Definitely. And, and he's here, he's here, as I understand it, Sam's here for a week and it's a, an ideal opportunity to deal with the issue while he's here and then he can have proper input into what whatever's going to happen. Right, Joe, we'll let you, you jump off now. So what's your final thoughts regarding how Sam Sadler's dealt with the situation? Um, to be fair, I think he's been very patient. I know a lot of people will think quite the opposite, but I mean, this has been going on now since what I last, the win before Southend was the Fleetwood game at home. That was before Christmas. I think in the league form since then, 
we picked five points out of 30, and, and that's simply relegation for. I think we're very lucky the fact that the, the bottom three are so far adrift, we probably don't have to worry about relegation. But still, I think he's done the right thing. He's made a bold decision. And uh, I think the next appointment's absolutely massive for this football club going forward. And he's got to get it right. And if it means sticking with David Dunn till the end of the season, because let's be honest, we're not going up, we're not going down. The season's kind of over now. It's petering out. I think it's very, very important to get that right man in for the job uh, so we can rebuild in summer and have another crack at the playoffs next season. Great great point, that. Well, I I, I don't think we should... I mean, if the right person is available now, that's a different matter. But if we're not certain about it, there is no rush. There will always be good managers out there. And if, if, for instance, he wants to consider Everett or Thompson or whoever it might be, is whether whether individually or collectively, then they may need to give notice and, and they can come in at the end of the season and we can start with a clean slate then. So I, I agree with you, Joe. Whether it's David Dunn or whether he... I mean... Um, Eckingbottom's been mentioned today, hasn't he? And and I think there's some links there between uh, Ben Mansford and him from the Barnsley days. And he, he's available and, and wants to come into the end of the season. Not saying he can't, you know, he's not somebody we'd want necessarily for the job. I don't know. That's that's another decision. But um, I, I think, you know, uh, Ashley mentioned before about Warnock. I don't think Warnock could come in on an end to the end of the season. I think he may, if he's going to do anything, he wants one last project. Yeah. Um, but I would, uh, I wouldn't rush it. Right, thanks for coming in on Joe. We'll speak to you again soon. No problem. Take care, guys. Cheers, mate. Cheers, Joe. See you, Joe. Right, we've got some fans' comments coming in for the post-Gillingham game, so we'll quickly go through those. We've done Joe's. Right, Kendall Seaside has said, I thought Nangela had a good game and showed plenty of enthusiasm to win the ball, make it stick. Not sure what happened defensively. Last season, we were solid, keeping clean sheets consecutively, whereas now they seem to lack all confidence. Summed up that Grayson walked straight down the tunnel at the end of the game. He's bemoaned not having the quality, but 12 signings later, we're still looking as poor. Unfortunately, for all pool fans, I can't see Sadler getting rid just yet. I think it's going to be a very mediocre end to the season. How wrong you are, Kendall. Right, have you two guys got this up? Yeah, uh, Clarkey is up next. Uh, his man of the match was Nangela. Oh, I forgot Nangela, yeah. Nangela uh, for all three. And he says, once again, we seem to start brightly, only to slam the brakes on once we went one up. We created more, but they were allowed to convert every chance they got. Nando is a boss. Turton is a stinker. <laughs> Unfortunately, can't see Grayson being <laughs> sacked after being back so heavily. If we finish poorly, hopefully he'll make way for Everett to come in and bring something fresh and exciting. Um, How wrong you were again, Clarky. Yes. Um, We've got Simon Sadler and we knows, he knows what we're after. And uh, Rob Baker's got his wish because he says, uh, can Tim read this one? Shite. <laughs> <laughs> and his oh, man oh, of the match was uh, was Nangela as well. Oh, resident wordsmith being dragged down to the gutter. <laughs> one word, one word report. Right, go on, Tim. You can read the next one then because it's really <laughs> lengthy. <laughs> We've got Brummy expat here. I don't think I've seen Brummy yet. Um, no. Uh, before so um, been at the last three matches uh, Oxford Southend and Gillingham uh, I thought overall the new signings have strengthened the side and for patches we show promise compared with the pre-transfer January window team performances I'm torn between giving Grayson more time to build the team and letting him go in order that we can get our act together for next season obviously the latter being the case um, my concerns are one that this is on paper um, the best set of players that we've had for years, yet we can only deliver an unconvincing display against one of the worst teams in the league, South End, and a very average team, Gillingham. And then secondly, uh, the goodwill of the crowd. Brilliant support from the North throughout this season, by the way. It's been eroded, though, as time um, as at a time when we need to reconnect and build on the returning support. After the excitement of the start of the season to where we are now, there is a danger that we might end up snatching defeat out of the jaws of victory. And um, uh, man of the match there is Kieran Dewsbury Hall. Chris Rossendale Seasider, his man of the match was Nangela, said, well, that was dreadful tonight. No creativity or tactical now. Again, Gillingham are a typical League One side. They spoil and break up and try to hit you on the break from a set piece. And yet again, we had no answer to this. Can't see Grayson turning it round now. Neither can I. Paul Melanick. Yes, Paul says, uh, we were comfortable for 70 minutes, but two quick goals stunned us. 
People complain about spearing, but when he's not there, you really notice it. We lost all bias in midfield. Really poor defending for all their goals. What shocked me, though, was the instant turn from the fans. We were leading 1-0, chance of Simon Grayson's Tangerine Army, and we are the pool and we're going up. Then 2-1 down, and it turned nasty with Grayson out, and we've already covered what was what yep. was being chanted. Uh, it's fine voicing anger and disappointment at full time, but not during the game. Can you imagine what the players were feeling? It probably spurred Gillingham on, if anything. This is a terrible run, but I'd give Grayson two more games to turn it around as he has only had a couple of weeks with the new signings. Small positives are the two young lads in midfield, Armand scoring and putting himself about, though no doubt playing for a good move in the summer. And also seeing us play with the ball on the floor a little bit more. Finally, Turton is effing clown <laughs> shoes. <laughs> well, and uh, finally we have uh, Tangerine Chris, who I think has either had... Um, Mystic Meg's um, uh, crystal ball or has posted this rather late. Man of the match, Simon Sadler. Did one job that he, he had exceptionally well, even if it did take him until the following afternoon. Forget the game, it doesn't matter anymore. It served its purpose in getting rid of the fraud on the touchline. <laughs> Say as it is. Uh, time to move forward with positivity and to get some of the 2010 spirit back into the club. If we uh, have to wait until the summer for Evo, then get Fletch, Craney or Southern in till then. The squad is good enough. They just need some confidence and to be rid of the negative tactics of the former. That sounds good. Manager. Right. Well, I think another one for Nangele is man of the match. I think Nangele almost did a clean sweep there, uh, bar uh, Brummy expat. Mm, I think Nangele was my man of the match as well. Had a great game. Did, a, did all the hard work up top. and yeah, You can't ask for anything more. Right, finally, we're just going to go through the list, uh, the Bucky's current list of picks, and uh, we're going to pass Kyle comments on it, and then we're going to wrap up by saying who we want as our next manager. Right, so in this list, we've got Paul Heckinbottom, who was previously at Hibbs, Evo, who's currently at Barrow, Sergei Lobero, never heard of him, he's 14 to 1, Evo was 17. I think he was the guy we randomly got linked with the other week. The goer guy, the goer FC we spoke about. Okay, So Paul um, Heckinbottom is 2 to 1 on. Nathan Jones, last at Stoke, obviously did very well at Luton, 16 to 1. Gary Bowyer, 20s. Ian Holloway, 20s. (laughs) So I've just gone to Grimsby, I mean, it's (laughs) as if. The thing is, it's like, it's such a niche market, isn't it? And they'll be like, well... Who do who do we put on the list? Really, it could, yeah. you know. Oh, actually, you just remind me. Um, Barrow a, Barrow FC did a very funny tweet. <laughs> get, Holl- you see get Holloway. <laughs> what did they say? Get Barrow. It Pl- just said get Ollie. <laughs> Blackpool. Get Holloway as your new manager. That was brilliant. KFC Twitter feeds really good. Really uh, amusing Twitter feeds. Anyway, I digress. So we've also got Paul Tisdale, who's currently at Milton Keynes, twenty-two on. Neil Warnock, twenties. Kevin Nolan, don't want him. 25 to 1. Charlie Adam, 33 to 1. Nigel Atkins, he was linked previously, wasn't he? 33s. Sam Allardyce, 33 to 1. He could have been Craig back. That's who, uh, (laughs) as assistant. That's who Phil Reiki wants. Unless he was was chasing runs, of course, on the view from the town. Never. (laughs) I saw Paul Ince mentioned in in the running order of the the, um, odds checker. Yeah. The thing is, like I say, it's such a, it is a, a niche market, isn't it? And there's probably only Blackpool fans betting on it. If you stuck a hundred quid on somebody who's twenty to one, yeah, they'd come right in. Yeah, you know. So I'd take a take it with a pinch of salt. Some of those, I think, obviously, like you said, the hacking bottom ones. It's the link to Ben Mansford when they were together mm. at Barnsley. Was he at Leeds as well? Yeah, he was. Yeah, yeah, for, yeah, yeah for was he for successful at Leeds? No. no, a couple of years ago, wasn't it? I don't yeah. think it didn't quite well, work out games, there, was it? And I think he started all right at. Hibs, and then the following season they had a. He got manager of the month in mm. March, didn't he, last year? And uh, and then I think he's he had an awful run at the beginning yeah. of the season, and similar uh, to what we'd just been on, I think, <laughs> yes. and uh, and got potted. I don't think he'd be my first choice. But... Phil Brown's on there. I guess. Uh, so if you can guess who this is, who are we always going after as manager? But he rebuffed us under the Oystons. Give you a clue. He's managed Burnley. Who, who are we on about now? Then let me have a think. Stan Turner, <laughs> you probably you put me on the spot there. It's like, who, oh, I, oh, yeah. I, my name's. We tried to get me. him about three times. I know, I know, I know, I know, I know. You managed mean. Bolton as well. Yeah, yeah. Unsuccessfully. Come on, uh, we should get Owen Coyle. Yes. Oh, oh, no. <laughs> 
he was still dining out on that success at Burnley, wasn't yeah. he? He didn't do anything after that. I always, always remember he, la- he left um, Burnley to go to Bolton. He said, they're 10 years ahead of us. Uh, they're 10 years ahead of Burnley in terms of uh, infrastructure and that future. And that went well. Yeah. <laughs> Tim Flowers, Jimmy Floyd, Hasselbank, Paul Enns, 33 to 1. Oh, he's gone down. He was 25 when I saw him. <laughs> Terry McPhillips, 33 to 1. Mickey Mellon. You know, I wouldn't mind Mickey Mellon as manager. Mm. He's always done a good, reasonably good job everywhere he is, and uh, he's from the area. Just struggling a bit, Tramier, this year, though. And I, don't, I mean, whether that's his fault or whether it's to do with lack of investment in the team. But, that you know. Pitch th- probably doesn't help. Oh, well, I mean, it makes it very difficult, doesn't it, for any mm. team to play football? Or... No, Richie, Richie Wellens. Yeah. He's do, doing well mm. at Swindon, to yeah. be fair. Yeah, yeah. Be against that. Are they top? Are they top Swindon, aren't yeah. they? Yeah, yeah. GTF, 33s. basically this, just anyone who's played for us. Yeah. <laughs> this one must be a piss Andy Garner, is he on there? Graham Wesley. Oh. Yeah, I, think, I think probably some Preston, Preston fan rang up and yeah. said, can you add him to the list? <laughs> can you give me odds so on he's, him? He's currently a manager, is he, at Stevenage? Yeah, he went back there. And the bottom of the uh, <laughs> of yeah. Div 2, aren't they? Yeah. So Nathan Jones isn't in this list, is he? Oh, he's not on there. I think, I think there might be something in the interest in Nathan Jones and... I, th- I was actually originally thinking there might be some link with Brabin, but I think by the time Brabin left Blackpool, he'd already left Luton, hadn't he, and um, mm. and gone to Stoke. Oh, yeah. And he had a very a turgid time Didn't at Stoke. Didn't work out at Stoke, but I, Stoke may be a too big club for him. Yeah, well, the team, it's not particularly... They weren't playing particularly attractive football, were they? And, Who, um, Luton? No, Stoke. Oh, right. I mean, um, Luton just ran away with the league, yeah, didn't they, last year? But I'd be looking at that more than what happened at Stoke, I think. So... Let's go around the room. Who would your pick be, Tim? I would, and I would wait for this. I would go for Evo. I'd, having watched the way Barrow play, I know he's I know he's a relatively new to management, but I don't think that's a bar to being a successful manager. I think sometimes it can actually be helpful. So um, I think a combination. I think we need to get our spirit back. I think we need to get back to our roots. And I would like to see Evo. I'd like to see Tomo in there supporting him. And I'd actually even extend that perhaps to someone like Keith Southern as well. And let's 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 get the players understanding the reason why they should have pride in the shirt. I don't think they necessarily know our history at the moment, and they don't. And they're not buying it. They haven't bought into what Grayson's doing, and I think they will buy into a management team that involves two or three of those names, if not a couple of others as well. Yeah, yeah, I think that's a fair shout. I think maybe um, whether that's straight away or at the end of the season um, like you say if we have to wait till then then let's wait because like you say it's a bit of a write off now this season isn't it with, with where we are um, I'm only saying that because I think it would actually be quite harsh on Barrow yeah. uh, who have been out of the league for 50 years uh, and they're on the cusp of getting back to yeah, the manager away fit, from it fit just... quite well wouldn't it he could leave there on a high on a high very good terms as a hero Um and you know, and come back to Blackpool. Failing that, I don't think Nathan Jones is a bad shout. Neither do I, to be fair. I'm on the Evo and Tomo combination. I think that's the dream team. Um, go to Preston, get get Tomo away from there, get him back home. We all know he's. I a, don't think it'd be too hard to get him away from there. <laughs> I remember when I saw come him. Come back, Tomo. Yeah, remember I was when I saw him on Preston Station. In fact, it was him and Grayson came off the train, finished work. I saw the fucking knob end team just about to board a Virgin train to London. Went over Tom to Tomo and I said doesn't look right on you and I pointed at his badge and he started laughing so I said right I'm off to Blackpool see you later and he told Larry yeah. Larry started laughing as well <laughs> so, I mean I, I, I agree with the room I think um, Evo with his with his connections you know you'll win the fans over straight away you'll win over everyone in the club and with um, Mr Blackpool Steve Thompson in the in the wings, uh, weaving all his magic and yeah it's a, it's a dream team what could possibly go wrong but Nathan Jones Nick I think is a He's a decent shout as well. And a Porsche, I don't think Gary Bowyer would be a, a bad appointment because he's, you know, he, he did a good job. Was a temporary or permanent? I don't know. If, if, other, if others weren't available out of that list, would, would just the style of play be any more attractive, do you think? Mm, possibly not. Yeah, ask, ask Bradford fans. I, I'm, I'm, a, oh, I'm yeah, a bit. A, there, I, know, I know, from a managerial perspective, I'd never think it works as well going back second time round. And I, um, I, I'll be concerned on that front. I think, I think. Bowyer suited, and when he when he whenever he, he got involved in holding the fort, he's a firefighter. He's a firefighter, and he was firefighting yeah. under the oysters. And he and he 
he's got the ability to knit a, t- a team spirit out of adversity. And when you've actually haven't got that adversity, I'm not yeah, sure that it quite works now, the same. We? I'm not sure it quite works the same. So I wouldn't. I would be very much against. So that. I think we're, we've probably got three three realistic options. Um, the two we've just mentioned, and this Paul Hecking bottom. I don't really want this guy, and I don't know why he's being linked. Um, sacked by Leeds during the 2018 season after 16 games in charge. Then he moves to Hibs, but was sacked there. I think it's purely so, the, what? the the it's the Ben Mansford the link. Ben Mansford link. That's that's probably yeah. But all just because yeah, just because you're linked, just because you know a guy, it doesn't mean you should be the no next and manager it, it of Blackpool. Might not, it, it, there might not be anything in it. I just think that's the reason why he's he's top of the list right. um, and he's available. Yeah, and the other thing is there could be someone completely. You know, it could be a foreign manager um, who we, we've not thought of. But this this goer one still, I think it, it, I've got a little itch that says this. There's got to be something in that because it's. I said this on the last podcast. It's so random mm. that it's actually. I think that you're where you, saying. Where would you pick it from? Yeah, where's otherwise? it come from? That other mm. than, and why would he be sacked when he's top of the league? And there's this rumour it's because he was been mm. speaking to a Division One club. So. Um, that's why he's in. Obviously, a couple of Blackpool fans obviously agree because I suspect they've asked for him to be added to the list and had a tickle on it. So mm. we'll see. Right, I don't want Heck in bottom anyway. So is it Heck? We've just got to. Well, we're not for time for the right mids position for the worst on. So we'll we'll do that next week. Finally, we've got um, uh, an away game to look forward to away at Bristol Rovers this Saturday. I'm going as my sister lives down there, so I'm going to take the game in. Under, uh, David Dunn's Tangerine Army. Have you got any stats for us, Tim, or any info? Uh, on it, yeah, just the usual, really. I mean, um, in- encouragingly, that they are actually lower than us in the form table at the oh, moment. Yeah. Because in the, um, if you remember, they they had this rather bizarre scenario in December where the manager, um, uh, Graham Coughlin, walked out, and I did a little bit of research on that because I wonder why. I, at the time, I thought really strange because they were right near the top of. of um, Div one, weren't they at the time? I think they were doing well. Yeah, they were doing extremely well. <clears throat> he went to Mansfield, and he went to Mansfield. Anyway, it turns out he's actually from Sheffield, and I think he was struggling to um, cope with the demands of travelling and family commitments and all that. So that seems to have been the catalyst for it. But since he's left, they've they've been in free fall, and and whilst they're, they're not quite at our level in the league yet, bearing in mind where they came from, um, they've only got one point out of the last six, and I think that was against uh, the Cods. If I remember rightly, and um, but other than that, they've you know to be fair, they play some half decent teams, but they've um, you know they've lost to Rotherham, Bolton. No, they drew with Bolton. Apologies, lost to Coventry, Wickham, and also a nil-nil with Tranmere. So the the odd point they've picked up are against you know arguably Fleetwood accepted against teams fairly low down in the division, and when they've played anybody half decent, they've lost. So. Um, it's going to be it's a difficult one to call, I think. Uh, yeah, do we, do we have a we don't have a great record there, do we? From memory, no, we don't, Nick. I've been there a couple of times to visit my sister and watch the game. We've been dicked every time. I think it was, mm. four, was it three or four nil last season? So, last yeah, time we went so there, we it was like three nil. Yeah, so we, it's not a happy hunting ground. No, I mean, obviously, <clears throat> new manager. Um, hopefully, he'll be telling them to, you know. Let's take the handbrake off. Express yourselves. Express yourselves. To um, quote John Barnes. Yeah. Oh, before, before anybody pulls me up on it, because somebody will, they've actually got three points out of the last six, because some otherwise somebody will have me. <laughs> so it was, it was Tranmere who won one. Just as an aside, uh, just looking on ABFTT, someone's put breaking. Joe Nuttall named as new club captain and signs 14-year contract extension. <laughs> I bet he's thinking, I bet Joe's thinking. <laughs> Never going to play a game of football again in my life. Certainly not the tangent. He might transform, you never know, under a new player. Have you seen that? Right. Hardy, Hardy scored again, yeah. didn't he? And what, yeah. a, what a great run and yeah. goal that was. Need to get him back. Get a new style of football. Get get Hardy back and it'll all be good. Right, we're going uh, to knock things on the head there, I think. It's a bit of a momentous EGP. Yes, it's uh, it's been an interesting day and a great podcast i think mm. yeah i have to say like last going to bed last night i was thinking not looking forward to doing it because it wasn't going to be positive was no. it um but you know it onwards, and, onwards and upwards yeah, yeah. <laughs> right so we'll come back next week maybe after pistol rovers uh well, you'll, you'll, you'll be in the seat or we'll be we'll be we might have put our feet up if he's gone to rovers can't <laughs> we and just let him are we away this saturday is it wimbledon the saturday after yeah wimbledon fleetwood 
Bolton after that. Bolton and then Fleetwood, isn't it? Uh, Ipswich on the Saturday afterwards. Oh, yeah. Right, the music's finishing, so to say our goodbye. So uh, thanks for coming on, Tim. Goodbye. Thanks, Nicholas. Pleasure as always. And all around to be said is thanks for knowing. Thanks for listening. And up the pool. Up the pool. Up the pool. Racing out. just a few quick messages before you head off I'd just like to ask if you haven't already to please leave us a rating and a review on iTunes it helps the show grow gain more exposure so if you go to seasiderspodcast.co.uk forward slash review that'll redirect you to the iTunes review site so if you could do that that'd be greatly appreciated just to make you aware you can listen to this show on all major podcast platforms including Spotify Pocket Casts and Google Podcasts and if you're not listening to this on a podcast app, I highly encourage you to do so because it is the best way to listen because you get them sent automatically. If you're on social media, we are on there, so please do give us a follow. If you're not doing so already, we're on Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube. Seaside's Pod is my handle, so I'm sure if you search for that or just Seaside's Podcast, you'll find us on there. So if social media is not your thing, we do have an email list. So if you want to sign up to that, you'll get an email whenever we do release a new show. So go to seasidespodcast.co.uk forward slash email and sign up there. And finally, if you do enjoy what we're doing here and you want to chip in a few quid every month to help pay for our production costs and gear upgrades, please consider joining our Patreon supporter programme where you'll get lots of exclusive content and services in return. So head on over to seasidespodcast.co.uk forward slash support to find out more. Right, I promise that's the last you'll hear from me. See you on the next pod. Over and out. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with three for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. Beyond the pitch, beyond the results, we're here to connect fans, getting them to embrace the highs and lows of supporting your club because we're not just fans, we're a team. With two in three football fans having struggled with their mental health, we understand that life off the pitch can present its own challenges. That's why we're committed to ensuring you have the tools to stay connected with your friends and fellow supporters. Take a moment to connect with your mates. A simple text or an open conversation can make a world of difference. And if they don't respond right away, don't hesitate to follow up. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.